awesome. Okay, you're all the best. Okay, um, uh, go ahead and get your Bibles and go ahead and turn with me to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. We're going to read one verse tonight, so you won't be standing very long. But go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 32 that in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus chapter number 32. You're getting there. I can, I can hear the pages flipping. I'll give you time. I'll give you time. I want you to know what the Bible says. I want you to take my word for it. Okay, if you're in Exodus chapter 32, say amen. amen. All right, I love it. This is going to be an awesome night tonight. All right, in verse number one. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. I'm going to read, starting in verse, verse 1 again. And when the people saw that Moses... Let's do that again. And when, Moses, and, and when the people saw that Moses... Delayed. delayed. All right. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, just the opportunity to come and, and to worship you. And, and to talk about you and to brag on you and how great and wonderful you are. Uh, Lord, I pray right now that you would um, put me aside and that you would speak. Lord, I pray for your anointing. I pray for your touch. And Lord, I pray uh, most of all, Lord God, that we would come out of here and saying, wow, what a God. And we can leave out of here changed so we can make a bigger effect in this world around us. Lord, we love you. We thank you. pray all these things in your wonderful name, the greatest name of all, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, before we get into, into everything, I'll, let me introduce myself. My name is Buchanan Jackson. I'm the Life Groups Pastor here at Temple. Um, hopefully, this is not the first time you've ever seen me. Um, but if it is, that means you've, you haven't been here on a Sunday, and I encourage you to be here on a Sunday because I have the great, uh, wonderful pleasure of uh, uh, welcoming our VIPs every single week. And so, um, your pastor um, is um, out of town. And he is actually encouraging um, another church and some other people that are coming in North Carolina um, to help them grow their church. Um, so I'm very thankful of our pastor. Not only is he passionate about temple growing, but he's passionate about the kingdom growing as a whole and wants to help other churches. So um, anytime he's able to do that, you know, we want to um, give him that opportunity. So, um, and I promise you that I, this is a, such a simple, simple message, but I promise you, and I'm not talking about me, I promise you if we'll get it, It'll change your life. Amen? All right. So y'all said amen. Y'all didn't even know if it's going to change your life yet. Okay? I like it. All right. Let me ask a question. How many of y'all have ever flown before? Ever flown? Okay. All right. Um, I, I would consider myself a frequent flyer. Um, my dad, for a majority of my life, lived in Chicago, Illinois. Um, he's originally from California, um, right, outside the, right in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland. It's a little island, Alameda. So I, I've been out there three, four, five times. Um, I would go see my dad um, on, on, on Christmas and on, in the summers, so I would fly very often. And so um, we, every time we ever go anywhere a distance, we try to fly. We have drove before. Um, my dad now lives in Cleveland, and we have a five-year-old and eight-year-old, and we tried to go 13 hours to Cleveland. That was fun. Um, but uh, so we try to fly as many places as we can. Um, I, I told you all in a previous message I'm an only child, and I am only child um, on my mom's side, but my dad has another child. I have a half-sister. Um, she's seven years younger than me, and she has lived in Chicago for a majority of her life. 
And, um, and so I, I've tried to, since she's seven years younger, I've tried to be there for the high school graduations, college graduations. Hopefully one day she'll get married and all that kind of stuff. I try to go to all that stuff. So um, my sister um, graduated from high school and decided to go to the University of Iowa, um, is, which is in Iowa City, Iowa. It's only about, um, I think it's about two or three hours away, um, not too far. It was actually closer for her to go to Iowa than it was to actually go to the University of Illinois, believe it or not. Um, and so we were going to go that way. And knowing, uh, and some of y'all, if y'all are frequent flyers, um, there are the two busiest airports in the world, are both in the United States. One is about three and a half hours away from here, and that is Atlanta, okay? Hartsfield-Jackson. If you've ever been through the Atlanta airport, bless your heart, okay? It's an experience. Um, they have a little thing called the kiss lane now. That's like basically kiss your folks and get out because they don't even want you to park. Um, but the other, the other uh, airport that's very busy is, is, is Chicago, Okay? They go one and two all the time. If it's not Atlanta that's the busiest, it's Chicago. If it's Chicago, then it's Atlanta number two. And so um, my dad, being a, a frequent flyer himself, he travels a lot with his job. And I said, hey, we want to come to, through Iowa, and, or come to Iowa, but the, the only way for us to go just one stop is to go through Chicago. And my dad said, no, don't do that. Do not go through Chicago. It's going to be a madhouse. Something's going to happen. Well, you know, me being the, the, the son that knows everything, you know, and heaven forbid my dad knows more than I do, I said, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. And so the way up, we had to change planes in Chicago and then, and then got into Iowa City. And coming back, it was the same flight number. So basically what we we're going to do is we we're going to leave Iowa City and go into, into Chicago, drop the people off, and continue on that same plane down. So we go through, we go through Chicago, get to Iowa, everything's good to go. They drop, drop us off um, at Cedar Rapids Airport, and we get there, and guess what? There's a delay, okay? Um, there's, the plane is there. We can see the physical plane itself. <laughs> um, there's no weather to be found. Um, I, I, it's not snowing, not raining. It's sunny, beautiful. There's something wrong with the plane. And this was three years ago. Three, three years ago. I told you I had a five- and an eight-year-old. So now I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old in this point, and we're in an airport with nothing to do <laughs> but watch this plane and see when it's going to take off. So one hour, two hours, three hours, <laughs> four, five, six, I think about seven hours. Hey, we're going to put you on your plane. And, and, and my wife's saying, you know, this is, this is not going to work, it's not going to work. I said, no, it's the same flight number. We're going to drop off in Chicago, and then they're gonna, we're going to go on to Birmingham. We may get there at like 11 o'clock, but we're going to get there. So we get on the plane, get to Chicago. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. We ha hate to tell you this, but this plane is actually going to Charlotte. And we had to stay overnight in Chicago on the way. Now, why do I tell that story? You know what? Everybody, we all hate what? Delays. We hate delays. Um, I'll go into Walmart sometimes. And those, uh, yeah. That, if you don't want to be delayed, don't go into Walmart. But if I'm going to Walmart, I'll, I'll go by, I'll go 13 registers down looking for what? The shortest line, okay? Okay, and, and there'll be somebody that's got two buggies, and there's the one buggy. I'm going to the one buggy every single time, okay? I love now they have self-checkout. I don't even, you know, I don't want to see anybody. Just let me get out of there, okay? But we hate what? Delays. We hate delays. We hate delays. Nobody likes to be delayed. And so my question is, in your spiritual walk, have you ever been praying about a decision to make, and it seems like nothing was happening? Or that God is not answering your prayer request. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah. It really seems like God is delayed. God is delayed. Now let me tell you in the, in the sense of 
how I try to approach decisions. And I say, I would say we, but I'm, I'm gonna confess in the sense of this is a weakness of mine. And how I approach decision and how I include God in that decision, okay? Uh, for me, sometimes I do, I make the decision and I don't even pray or consider God in the matter. I just make a decision, okay? Anybody been guilty of that? Okay. Sometimes I'll do this. I'll pray about a decision. I don't get an immediate answer from God, and so I just make the decision myself. Because obviously if God had the answer, he'd give it to me quickly, right? We'll get there soon in just a minute too. Okay. Uh, Number three, I prayed about a decision. God answered. I didn't like the answer, so I did what I wanted to do anyways. How many of y'all ever been there? Okay. Fourth, God made me wait until I prayed about it. I've had some situations where God didn't do anything until I actually stopped and prayed about it. And then five, I prayed and trusted God to answer in his timing. Now, if I'm being honest, of those five things that I just said, unfortunately, I'm guilty of doing more of the top than I am the bottom, okay? Um, and so we're going to look at an example. Um, we, we're going to read one chapter, or excuse me, one verse in verse 32, but we're going to kind of look at the whole entire chapter. There's 35 verses in chapter 32, and I'm not going to read all of them. Say amen. Okay, that's a lot of reading. Um, but what I want to do is I want to look at this example in Scripture and see how here's where God was delayed and a decision was made without waiting on God. So let's kind of, going back to where we are today in, in Exodus 32, to, to catch you up. Um, the people have already received the Ten Commandments, uh, but now Moses is going back up in the mount for 40 days, okay? So Moses is up in the mount, all the people are down in the valley, Aaron's down there with them, and they get impatient and they feel like Moses is delayed. Moses is taking too much time, and so they go to Aaron and they say, we don't want what he's become, we need to do something different. Now, what, what, one thing I can see in this part is the fact that when I'm about to make a bad decision or a stupid decision, it seems like I try to find somebody else to go along with my stupid decision, okay? And the people got to Aaron and said, look, let's do this. So Aaron says, okay, I got a plan. All, 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 your, all your daughters, your sons, your, your wives, they all have uh, golden earrings. Bring all those golden earrings to me. And he melts them down and he makes a golden calf, okay? He makes a molten calf. And so um, they, they, they have this calf. Aaron says, look, this is what we'll do. We'll celebrate. We'll build an altar to this calf, and this will be our Lord, and we'll have a big old time. But there's a little bit of a problem. Um, knowing God, and God knows everything, um, God, then you see that Moses and God, are, he's still up in the mount, and God says, hey, there's a problem down there. Okay? There's a problem down there, um, and these people are, are doing some bad things. And basically he says, you know, they made this molten calf and they're worshiping it. Again, they already have the Ten Commandments at this point, okay? So they know they're not, they're not, there's no other gods before, before one God, no, no, no images, no idols. They know that, okay? So, so God and Moses start to have a conversation. And God says, I'm angry. And actually he says, leave me alone because I want to get more angry, <laughs> okay? And I don't want you to see this, but I'm going to get angry. Um, read your Bible, I promise you it's there. I'm going to get more angry. And Moses says, wait, 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 what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to consume them all. I'm done. I'm going to start all over. Done. And Moses says, wait a minute. Let's think about this. <laughs> I've never said that to God, but Moses did. Um, let's think about this. Um, 
one, you got to think about, okay, if you, you look, think about what the Egyptians are going to think. You brought them all the way out in the wilderness just to kill them? That was your plan, God? Okay, that's one, one thing he says. Then he says, also think about the promises you made to Isaac, or excuse me, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, that you were going to multiply their seed. And now you're saying that you're not going to multiply their seed, you're going to just wipe them all out. And what's cool in there, you actually see where God says God repented of what he wanted to do. He changed his mind. Okay, he said he want to do that. So then Moses is making his way uh, back to the camp. He actually has the tablets. He sees what's going on there, throws the tablets down. Everybody seen the Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston, you know, throwing the tablets down. Um, and so he, he sees all this, what's going on. He goes to Aaron, and he says, you know, what's going on? Why are y'all doing this, you know? Um, why have you brought such sin against these people? And Aaron, being the typical person, when you try to get, he's like, oh, and Moses, you know the people. <laughs> you know how they are. You know, they're, they're always doing something different. And, and so, um, you know, I, I, here's what I did. They, they, just, they just brought me this gold, and I, and I put it in, and I popped out a golden calf. It's in there. That's what he basically says. He says, I just put the gold in there, and here comes this calf out. Okay, Aaron. Um, so Moses is, is very, very mad about the whole situation. Um, and he goes to him and says, look, you know, basically says to all the people and draws a line in the sand. He says, are you with your God or are you with my God um, or our God? And so he draws a line in the sand. The only people that come on Moses' side are the sons of Levi, okay? Nobody else comes with them. And Moses says, take your sword and slay them, okay? So about 3,000 people die in that process. And so Moses goes back up to God and says, you're right. There's some bad people, okay? Um, they, got, they got some problems. They got some issues. But don't take them all out. If you're going to take anybody out, take me. What an awesome leader. What an awesome leader to say, you know what, just take me. And so, and then, and I'll say this too, commercial. Um, New, Old Testament, New Testament, the Bible, who is it all about? God, but namely who? Jesus, from beginning to end, from beginning to end. And what I love about the Old, the, the New Testament I like because it's very much, this is what you need to do. But the Old Testament is basically, I've, I've heard people say this, it's like a picture book of the New Testament. All the principles in the New Testament are out here in, in plain sight with stories in the Old Testament. And so we see in this situation, that's a great example of Christ. What did Christ do for us? Christ saw all these sins, all these sins that, that, that we were committing, and he went to God and said, not them, me. And so, and again, that's a commercial. But I want you to understand, if you don't know Christ, he did something great for you by going to God and saying, not them, me. Not you, me. That's what Christ said. And so he comes up there and God says, you know what? Uh, I can't do that. They're going to pay for their own sins, and I'll deal with that. Again, and, and, and not to get too heavy in theology here, but Moses couldn't be that substitute. He couldn't be that substitute. He had problems. He had issues. He had sin, okay? We needed a perfect substitute, which was Jesus Christ, to come. But God says to Moses, look, you know, don't do that. You know, or, or excuse me, Moses said, don't do that. He said, I'll deal with them. And basically you see that um, one thing God says to um, him, I'll send an angel 
um, to go with you, which we'll talk about that in just a minute and, and the significance of that. And then finally, he says, you know, it says, and the people were plagued for their disobedience, okay? So they made a decision. Moses was delayed, and they made a decision, and it was the wrong decision, right? It was the wrong decision. Now, let's talk about that in, in our life and how that pertains to our life. Now, let me say, um, how, has anybody in here ever made a bad decision? Many bad decisions have I made. What if I could tell you that there's three simple steps to avoiding the consequences and the mistakes you're gonna make because of a bad decision? Three simple steps, three simple steps. Now, before we get into our three simple steps, Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. How many of y'all believe that God has a plan? How many of y'all believe that God's plan is better than yours? How many of you believe that God's plan is perfect? I believe that as well. And obviously, Psalm says this, that the steps of a good man are ordered, or ordered, are put in place by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. When you're, the, the happiest place you will ever be is in the will of God. You will have so much delight in that place. God could send you halfway across the world, and if you're in the dead smack dab middle of God's plan and will, you're gonna love every minute of it. And I can send you down the street, and you'd be outside of the will of God and be miserable for the rest of your life. Being, God has a perfect plan, God has a perfect will, and that's what we want to do. So we're going to look at those three simple steps, three simple steps. Now, when y'all saw all this stuff up here, tell me, y'all were wondering, weren't you? Okay, I, I piqued your interest. You might, what, what's on the, what's on the seat, okay? What's on the cloth? So here's, here's the three simple steps. One, two, three. Thank you very much, okay? Um, now, I guess y'all want more than that, so we'll, we'll go in there. Here's your first simple step, your first simple step. And the reason why you don't have any notes, because there are only three things that you need to know from this message, and they're all one word. So hopefully you can remember that, okay? So here's the first step in making a decision, when we're about to make a decision. We need to, we need to what? We need to what? We need to stop. We need to stop. We live very, very busy lives, don't we? Very busy lives. And sometimes we don't even come up for air. And so this, I, I wanted to go to the second one, but if we don't get this one right, we can't move on to two and three. Because we have got to, we have got to, we've got to stop. What does the Bible say about this? Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Be still. Actually, right now, ready? One, two, three, stop. Big Daddy, you didn't stop. <laughs> Sorry, I was giving him a hard time. <laughs> somebody, somebody started walking as soon as I said stop. <laughs> okay? One, two, three, stop. That was hard, wasn't it? Okay? Just stop. Just be still. Just be still. Uh, Job thirty-seven fourteen. Um, obviously, we all know the story of Job, how it was horrible, and, 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 and he let Satan have his will in, in his life and, and so many things. And he had friends, he had his own wife, just say, curse God and die. But he had this one friend, this one friend. 
And Elihu says, hearken unto this, O Job, stand still. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Now, that's a very bold statement. Because when Job looks around, he probably sees, look, my, my kids are gone. You know, I have no property. My, my physical body is rotting away. But he said, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. That word stand still, that phrase stand still means to take no action. Take no action. Just, just, just stop. Just stop. Um, the worst time to make a decision, the worst time to make a decision is one, in a hurry, and when you're, when you're frustrated or when you're under stress. And so we, before we even make a decision, we need to just, we need to stop. We need to stop. Okay, so the first step is, okay, I'm only reiterating this because you didn't get notes, okay? So when y'all leave out of here, y'all better be able to say, stop. Yeah. I'm not telling you the other two. You, wanted, you thought I was going to give it to you. All right, so our next thing, our next step, excuse me, our next step is, and y'all won't know what this means, but I'll explain it to you. The next step is we actually need to pray. We need to pray. Um, my wife gave me this. This is uh, the second part of my favorite verse in the Bible. It's James 5.16. Um, the first part says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. And then the second part says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Availeth much. Um, again, commercial. <laughs> um, it's funny how um, this verse really sums up what we want to see happen in our life groups. Um, this is something where we say, okay, I need to be around people, and I need to be real. Now, do we have to go and, and, and confess our sins first day at life group? No, we don't. But you need to have somebody in your life that you can go and say, look, this happened, and I need, I, need some, I need some healing. I need some encouragement, okay? I need somebody, I need you to pray with me about this situation. But the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, there's a couple of, of words that I think are, are important here. Um, one is fervent. Now we use the example. We use uh, fervent was actually mentioned in Bible study last week, if y'all remember, um, and it talked about in that verse how it was like an athlete striving or straining. Um, the word fervent in, the, in Webster's dictionary actually says um, with passionate intensity. With passionate intensity. If I'm being honest, I don't know how many times in my prayer life that I've always gone to God with passionate intensity. I've been fervent in my prayer to him. And the other thing that I notice is that, you know, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It availeth much. God wants to do a lot of things and, and wants to do much. So that would, be the, that would be the first part of the prayer because there's a couple of things. We, I, some people will say, you know, I'm about to make a decision. And, and they say, well, have you prayed about it yet? And I say, Yes. I have prayed about it <laughs> once <laughs> in passing <laughs> um, quickly to God. Hey, I prayed about this, but have I been fervent in my prayer? Um, as, as you read on in that, as, as it goes on after that verse, it then goes and talks about Elijah was a man with like passions. He was just like us. He prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years, and it didn't. And he prayed, and it rained. That's some pretty big prayers right there. He prayed and it stopped raining for three and a half years and then he prayed and it started raining. 
okay? But what, what's important about that is it said that Elijah was a man like passions. He was just like us. Do you understand that you have as much access to the power of God that Elijah did? Because we're talking to the same God, right? Okay? Now, Elijah, great man of God, great man of God. But he was talking to the same God back then that you're talking to today. And the same God can do the same thing today because he's still the same God. Same God. So that's the one thing. We need to be fervent in our prayer. But then um, second, our 1 Thessalonians 5.17, very short verse. Pray without, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Did you pray about this? Yes, I did. Well, if God didn't answer your prayer today, guess what you're going to do tomorrow? You're going to pray again. And God didn't answer your prayer tomorrow. What are you going to pray? You're going to pray again. You're going to keep praying. 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 You're going to keep praying, okay? Pray without ceasing. So fervently seeking after God in prayer, but praying without ceasing. And then finally under this, under this prayer is Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for... The word careful there means anxious. Anybody here know how to worry? Okay. This verse says we shouldn't worry. We should worry about nothing. Why? Why should we not worry? But in, but in everything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Now that's, <laughs> this is the one where you'll say, easy preaching, hard living, okay? But we shouldn't be anxious for anything. We should be bold and come to the throne in everything, in every request. Make prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. So the first thing we need to do, the first step in, in the process when, when we feel like God is delayed, we need to, okay? And then we need to, good, y'all are doing a great job tonight. Hey, by the way, y'all get a prize at the end. Only if you pay attention, okay? Only if you pay attention. Isn't it great? TSM don't get a prize. Awana don't get a prize tonight. But Adult Bible Study gets a prize at the end. Don't you love it? All right, last one. Last one. How many are ready? Oh, somebody got it, okay? This, uh, when, 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 what are we, what am I doing right now? I'm waiting, okay? So the first, the first thing we need to do, we need to, then we need to, then we need to, we need to wait. Now, I was kind of discouraged by the size of this hourglass. I put on Facebook about a month and a half ago, um, or a month or so, whatever, um, when God started dealing with me about this, and I said, does anybody have an hourglass? Um, I know probably there's like seven people in this room now that have an hourglass, but none of y'all came to my rescue when I put it on Facebook a month and a half ago. Um, and I looked. <laughs> me and my wife went all over town. I went to Walmart. I know that sounds crazy. I went to Walmart. I went to antique stores. I went to all these picking places and all this kind of stuff. Nobody has an hourglass. Um, so if you, somebody's going to walk up to me tonight and say, hey, I got this huge hourglass you could have used. Thank you. Um, if I ever preach this message again, I'll find you and I will borrow it. I even was going to go to the antique store and be like, if it's like $200, I'm like, I'll rent that for 20 bucks. Just give it to me for a night. Okay? Um, but, but, but I'm kind of glad that this is, is a smaller hourglass because I think this is, this is how we kind of look at the waiting part. Um, we may stop, we may pray, but this is the hard one. 
is waiting. This is a 15-minute hourglass. Um, so it, that's, that's about all we're going to give uh, to God is about 15 minutes, and if we give that. Um, but um, un, the reason that it, it's small, it, it actually works in the sense of, unfortunately, we don't wait what we need to. I want a true hourglass. Um, but this is signifying I'm waiting on God. Now, how many of y'all would agree with me? That's probably one of the hardest steps. Okay, that's probably pretty hard. So we're going to stop, we're going to pray, we're going to wait. Now, what's the importance of waiting, and what does God's word say about waiting? It says Psalms 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So in this verse, okay, in case you didn't get it the first time, I'm going to say it one more time, wait. Psalm 135, 130 verse 5, excuse me. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Now, this is kind of what we're talking about in the sense of, I want an answer from God. Whose word, what do I need to hope in? I need to hope in his word, right? I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and his word do I hope. Uh, let's look at an example uh, in, in the New Testament of somebody that was waiting. We see in Luke 1, in verse number 5, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. They were doing everything right. And they had no child. That's one thing. They don't have children now. Because that Elizabeth was barren. She's not with child right now. And they both were now well stricken in years. So they were old. So you got, there's three things right there. They don't have kids now. She don't have a kid currently. And they're old. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office, before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without. And at the time of the incense, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of the incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is for thy prayer is heard. Thy prayer is heard. Even if you're waiting on God right now, he hears your prayer. He knows what's going on. Okay? And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Thou shalt call his name John. Thou shalt have joy and gladness and shall, and shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And obviously we understand and again, isn't this cool how this works out? This, who is this? Who's the John? John the Baptist. We talked about him Sunday. God knows what he's doing when he puts these messages together, doesn't he? All right, so uh, some of y'all are, are in the process. I need to make a decision. But some of y'all are, are you, 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 maybe you haven't even prayed, but you're in the waiting period. You're in the waiting period right now. So I want to give you some encouragement if you're in the waiting period right now. Let's go back to our Philippians 4, 6, and let's look at this verse after that. It says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, that word keep means guard, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's very frustrating in the waiting period, isn't it? But God's going to keep your heart. God's going to keep your heart. The peace of God will be on you. Uh, Psalms 91.15, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Not I might, not I can, 
not I should, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And then finally, Jeremiah 33, 3, very familiar verse. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Again, at the very beginning of this, we talked about how we all agreed that God had a plan. And, and I will say this, and I'm thankful for this. I'm glad that I don't know what it is sometimes. And I'm glad that I can go to God and say, you know the plan. It's great and mighty, and I, I, and I don't know it, but I, you're going to answer me. Um, let me give you an example from my life on, on where I, I stopped, prayed, and wait. Um, uh, I've been in, I'm, I'm originally from Georgia. Um, if, any Georgia people in here that originally from Georgia, God love y'all. Good state, great state. Um, Coleman is my home. Okay, Coleman is my home. I, I call Coleman my home. I've been here about um, four, almost 14 years. And so when I first got here, um, uh, I was waiting tables uh, when I got out of college. So don't have a job coming to a new city. Guess what? Do what you know. Um, so I waited tables at Cracker Barrel um, for about a year. And then after that, um, and I was working nights. My, my wife was actually working during the day. So someone came across to me and said, hey, they got a, a position at the bank up there. And, and it's going to be days and all this kind of stuff. So I said, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to go do that. Um, so I worked for Compass Bank um, for five years. I was at the local branch for about three of that. And when I got my college degree, I actually got promoted and was kind of traveling through North Alabama. Now, I call it Compass Bank, but now if you go by the sign, you know it's not just Compass Bank. It's actually called BBVA Compass. Okay? It's, it's owned by a Spanish uh, company now. And so, um, fi- uh, excuse me, let's see here. At the end of that five years, um, that's when they changed from Compass Bank to BBVA Compass. Now, if you are if you're in a bank, besides the physical building that you're in, um, the biggest expense at a bank is who? The employees, <laughs> okay? Um, and so uh, they want to increase their stock price. You can either increase revenue or you can decrease expenses. So we weren't increasing revenue, so guess what? They cut expenses. Uh, me and 900, 900 people the day after Thanksgiving... Um, got um, laid off and uh, went home that day. My wife was actually putting the Christmas tree up when I got home. Um, Riley was one at the time. So I'm coming home. I have no job. My wife is putting the Christmas tree up and I have a one-year-old. Great. All right. Um, And so uh, at at that point, I I had to go to work. Um, It was important. I had to provide for my family. So I went to work. Chris O'Neill um, had an opening. So (laughs) I took took a job uh, painting houses. And, uh, and it was great, um, but I, obviously I was looking for something um, to kind of get back to where the income I was when I was with the bank. And so I was painting houses, and Topre, everybody knows Topre, right? Uh, out on 222, make car parts. And there was a job, out there was a sales job, and so it was actually in the paper. And so I, I applied for that job, went, and, and they said, how much did you make here? And I said, I made this. And I said, okay, and, and, and we come back. They offered me the job making the exact money that I was making at Compass. But there's only one problem. I was going to have to travel um, any, I was going to have to travel to Cincinnati, Louisville, and Chicago um, on a monthly basis, anywhere from a two-week to a one-day notice. And I was going to be gone either um, anywhere from one to five days. And my dad, um, like I said, he lived in Chicago. My dad moved around. He, he went up the corporate ladder and traveled a lot when I was a kid. When I went there for summers and I'd go for a solid month, there were sometimes three weeks out of that month that my dad was traveling. 
And so for me, and, and, and the fact of seeing, and I'll say that, I said to somebody else, sometimes we, we parent like our parents parent us, but then there's sometimes where we see things that our parents did and you're like, I don't want my, that for my family. And for me personally, if you travel, that, that's, that's fine. But for me, I just, I didn't want my kids to go through the same thing that I went through in the sense of traveling. And I turned that job down, turned it down. Didn't have any other prospects for anything else. I was painting houses, but not, not near the income um, that I needed um, to be able to, to really provide for my family like I needed to. And, and so I turned that down because God said, wait. God said, wait. Um, after that, two months later, um, I was uh, hired at uh, Coleman County Economic Development, um, took a $17,000 pay cut. Um, but one thing in the sense God always provided, God took care of us. Um, amen to that. Um, but the one thing, and looking back now, if I'd have been traveling like that, it would have disconnected me from this place a whole lot more. And with being with the county, being close, and being, and, and being local all the time, I was able to, to lean more into this ministry here and now see where God has me today in the sense that I'm, I'm, I'm full-time here and, and doing what I love. I love, I love, I love my job. I love the opportunity I get. Um, we had a, a God moment yesterday that I wish I could just take y'all all with me and say, come, let me show you this. It was just amazing what God allows me to see and, and allows me to do in this place. I thank y'all for, for, for your giving and your generosity um, in that. Um, but I waited on God and God had a better answer, didn't he? Because logically, everybody, I even, it was funny, I even called my dad and I said, what do you think? And he's like, you don't need to take that job. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> you did this your whole entire life <laughs> and now you're telling me not to do this? But it was, it was like God was saying, no, don't do that. Wait on me, wait on me. Now, just to kind of wrap things up and we're not done yet because I remember I told you you're gonna get a free gift, okay? Or a prize, is that what I said, a prize? All right. Let me ask a couple questions. Let me ask a couple questions. Some of you are in the midst of making a decision right now. You're about to make a decision about your job. You're about to make a decision about a relationship, okay? Whether to, to get into a relationship or get out of a relationship. Um, some of you are about to make a decision about a purchase, okay? I believe God, God knows the car you need to have or the house you need to have, okay? Um, maybe it's about your family. You're about to make a decision. And my question is, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about that decision you're about to make? Because again, going back at the beginning, unfortunately sometimes I, I, I do number one and go full force. I'm making decisions, making decisions, making decisions. Hey God, you still cool with this, right? Okay, making decisions, making decisions, making decisions. It's almost like I make a decision and say, God bless this. And God's saying, why don't you ask me about it, <laughs> make the decision I want you to make, and then I will bless it, okay? Um, so that's my one question. Have, you're about to make a decision. You're about to make a decision. Have you prayed about it? My next question is, are you willing to accept God's answer no matter what he says? Whatever God says, whatever God's answer is, are you willing to accept that answer? And then my final question is, are you willing to wait for the answer and not jump ahead of, jump ahead of God? Are you willing to wait for the answer not jump ahead of God. Now, what you need to know um, to really understand the story of Exodus 32 and what was happening, we need to kind of go before and after, okay? So 
in Exodus 31, 18, the verse right before. I told you he was up in the mount for 40 days. Verse of four uh, in 31, 18. And he gave him to Moses when he made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai. He was done. He's about to send Moses down. He's about to send Moses down. Two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. Written with the finger of God. So if they were willing to wait, they were willing to wait, they would have had the words of God. The words, the, this is what I'm talking directly to you, they would have the words of God. They didn't have the Bible back then, okay? They had, what they had is what God wrote on these tablets and gave to Moses to give to the people, okay? Um, also, and we see from, from this a lot, and there's plagues upon plagues upon plagues, but if they had, had waited on God, they would have had the favor of God. When you have the words of God, you're gonna have the favor of God. When you do, his, when you do what, he has, what he has you to do. And then, and, and I said about the angel, that he was gonna send an angel apart, and, and, and when I first read that, I was like, oh, that's awesome, God sent an angel, that's cool. But God sent an angel instead of somebody else. In, verse, in chapter 33, and said, the Lord said unto Moses, depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt and unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, saying, unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, that's not Parasites, but oh well, um, the Hivites, <laughs> it works, um, and the Jebusites. I was doing good to that point right there, the Parasites. And in verse 3, in verse 3, all right, well, come back to me, come back to me. And in verse 3, I feel the redness going right here. Uh, unto a land, unto a land. See, when you don't know what the Bible says, you just make up words, okay? Nobody knows. You didn't know how to say that either. You thought it was parasite, okay? Verse number 3, verse number 3. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey, and I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people lest I consume thee in the way. God sent an angel, but his ultimate plan was to send himself. He wanted to walk with the people. So, so if, they had, if they had waited on God, they would not only have had, had the words of God and the favor of God, but they would have actually had God walking with them. How many of y'all want God to walk with you, amen? That's what I want, and that's what... Was able to do. Now, let me say this on the waiting part. And this was a thank you, Holy Ghost, for giving this. I was talking to Chris Barnes up in the sound room, and I just, it came out of me. I can't help it. It's just I got to talk about it. Um, but I, I will say this, too. Some of you are on the cusp of making that decision, and what you don't understand is you're in day 39. Does that make sense? Moses was up there for 40 days. It was day 39 when they made the decision. You're about to make a decision, and you're on day 39. And if you just wait one more day, God had a perfect plan. God had favor. God had his words. His very presence would be with you. But how many of us are not willing to wait just one more day? When we, it, you could actually be in your day 39 moment right now. Because God has a plan on that day 40. God has a day on day 40. All right. So I got a challenge for you. I got a challenge for you. How many of y'all like challenges? Okay. All right, even if you don't like challenges, you're going to get challenged tonight, okay? Let me ask a question. Let me just ask a question. What would happen if over the next 30 days, 
the next 30 days, every non-routine decision. Now, if you need, don't pray about brushing your teeth in the morning. God's in that, okay? He, he loves you to have clean breath, okay? Um, God doesn't want you to wait 40 days for a shower, okay? God's in that. We want you to be clean. But every non-routine decision, every non-routine decision, whether it is about a job or a relationship or a purchase, whatever it may be, what if every single decision over the next 30 days, we actually How would our lives be different? How would this church be different? I can look back on my life and there are decisions that I made and I have regret because I jumped ahead of God. I jumped ahead of God. Now, knowing that waiting is probably the hardest part of the whole entire deal, I'm going to give you all a prize to help you all remember. Okay? These are little, um, little sand timers. You didn't know it. There's a a smarty in every crowd, and Diane Harris was the smarty that said she knew it, okay? But we love Diane so much that we'll forgive her, okay? But these are little sand timers, and every single person in the room is going to get a sand timer when they leave out today, okay? And I I want you to do, I want you to take, and, and what's nice, look at this, green, pink, blue, and yellow. Don't, don't be calling them now, okay? If you want to get your color, you need to be going to the doors pretty quick at the end, okay? Um, but I want everybody to take one of these sand timers, and I want you to put it somewhere, somewhere that you'll remember it. Because every time you look at this sand timer, you know what I want you to think? Every time you look at the sand timer, what do I want you to think? Every time. Every time you look at the sand timer, I want you to think about that. Because like I said, I believe, now, this is, the, this is the crux of the message. The whole thing will be done. We're going to get done early. Amen, hallelujah, right? We're going to get done early. <clears throat> why, why, why do I want you to do this? And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not, I wish I could tell you that I'm super spiritual and I do this all the time. I don't, okay? Um, this is, it, I heard um, somebody say before, if, if you'll always preach out of your weakness, you'll never run out of things to talk about. And this is a weakness of mine. Um, I, I'm, I'm very much an A-type personality. It's one decision. Let's move on to the next decision. Move on to the next decision. Let's go, 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 go. And, and, and I'm, I've even been convicted about the fact of some of the decisions I've made in my ministry here. And should I, should I have just stopped, prayed, and waited on God to do something instead of jumping ahead of him on so many things and looking on so many things in, in, the, in the ministry where I've said, why did I do that? Oh, wait, I didn't get God in on it, Okay. But the whole, the, the reason why I'm saying all this, all this, the bottom line, I'm, you are about to put it on the screen, put it on the screen, please. My last thing, my last thing. <clears throat> I want everybody to read this with me. Well, let me read it first, and then I want, I want, I want to read it. God's answers are better, even if I have to wait. Let that sink in for just a minute. God's answers are better, even if I have to wait. Let's say it together. Ready? God's answers are better even if I have to wait. Say it one more time. God's answers are better even if I have to wait. Are you willing to wait on God? I know there's probably situations right now where you're saying, God is delayed. 
What is God waiting for? But I promise you, God's answers are better, even if you have to wait. Uh, we are going to get done early. What we'll do is we're about to, to pray for our building. Uh, we need a building, amen? And, and God, God answers prayer, and we want to be specific on that. And we are doing exactly what we're talking about. We're stopping, we're praying, and we are waiting on God to answer that prayer for a building, amen? So, we're, so everybody, if you'll join me in the altar, so we can pray um, for this building because we know that God wants to do that. We gotta wait on him and on his timing.